You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a deep theologian at all. You don't. Uh, What you need is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and then you share out of your observations and your experiences with him uh, that is what you what you can share with people. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I am Ben Kioski with you. As always, thankfully, I get to be in the room. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience. Today, we have some special guests with us. But before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to Mike Mallow. Mike gave us some very kind words uh, via the, uh, what is the email address, Taylor? Conversations at Conversations. com. That's right. Conversations at CypressCreekChurch.com. It's a long address. And as always, uh, I'd like to remind you that you can submit questions via that email address. So let's get right to it. We have, as usual, um, our wonderful engineer, the man, the not-so-myth, but definitely a legend, Nathaniel Goldblatt is here with us in the studio, and we also have Jose Abaroa, our lead pastor, your lead pastor. Hello, hello. And we have the wonderful and illustrious Bob Moss with us um, for our conversation. This week, he is in studio, in person, and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) So let's jump right into it. Sweet, sweet. So yesterday, continuing our Let's Go Deep series focus on the word. So Jose kind of touched on early on about Ezra 7 and kind of there were four points that God's hand was on Ezra as he not only set his heart, but then studied the word, obeyed the word, and taught the word. So I figured I kind of, you know, kind of organized my questions based on those four. So let's start. linear. Nice. Yes, yes. Let's start with the the first one here. Set your heart. Uh, This first question, I'll go to Bob. So Bob, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like practically when it comes to how do you set your heart before you approach God's word? Well, it's, it's an excellent question and it's a wonderful way to put it. Setting your heart is making a decision that you are going to go for something. Um, and for me, what it meant when I started following the Lord, I, uh, within a few months, made a career path change. I was planning on making it a career to be in the Navy, and I set my heart to seek the Lord. And when I did that, um, I uh, made Him the primary purpose. It was a. It's been a long growth process, but my goal hasn't changed, and that is, it's always been to know Him more intimately. That's. I do want to ask a follow-up because, Bob, you told us last week about your experience with John chapter 1 when you yes. read it. Was that on the Navy ship? No, I was still stationed at Corpus Christi. Uh, the man that led me to the Lord gave me a very simple Bible study book, and it was in the book of John. And the very first verse threw me for a loop because I had no clue what that meant. And... Fortunately, 
after I read the passage several times, there was a reference to verse 14. So I thought, well, I'll go look at that. And when I looked at verse 14, that was the missing link because suddenly I realized that's talking about Jesus. And Jesus, in the beginning, Jesus was existing Mm -hmm. and he was with God and he was God and is God. So that, it was like a, a little light bulb went off and that was a real breakthrough for me. That's awesome. And Jose, got a question for you. You kind of mentioned, I like what you said yesterday about the idea that it's so easy for us just to jump right into studying or jump into these other steps, but forgetting this, this concept of setting our hearts. So what, what is significant about the, our posture approaching God's Word before we get into actually studying and reading it? So many times when I open up my Bible, I'm either doing it either, uh, out of habit, you know, because I know I need to do it. <clears throat> but the times, and, and God speaks every single time, but the times that I have really had an amazing conversation with the Bible has been when, when I've opened up my heart, where I've set my heart to say, Lord, I really need to hear you. I, I really need something. And so really it's humility. It's saying I'm, I'm coming in, in the posture of a student. I'm not coming, trying to gain knowledge or prove myself, either, even to myself. I know that sounds kind of weird, but almost checking off that, okay, Jose, you read your Bible, you're good. But actually taking the posture of a student and saying, Lord, teach me through your word. That's, that, that allows me to receive more than, than ever. That's the Holy Spirit speaking through the word. And, and that's the, you know, the end goal of course is, is transformation. Yeah, and also as we, you know, position our heart in that way, in humility as a student, which is excellent, that instructs also our minds um, because we have to take that position of humility and learning. It's super important when we approach the Word, when we approach the Scriptures, that we approach it uh, in an attitude in our heart and in our intellect that we come under what the Word says. It's common today to, for us to want to use our philosophies and our reasons to tell the Bible what it's saying to us. But instead, the Bible says something to us that we must hear through the, through the voice of the Holy Spirit and coming under that in humility. And if, we're, if something in our heart and our spirit is coming against it, standing against it, we have to ask God to change that in us and come under rather than manipulating the words to fit what our worldview is or what what our position is. So by way of approaching and setting our heart, we have to get under Mm -hmm. what the word instructs us. That's good. The second part here, going into studying the word. So I want to ask everyone here, as far as what are some ways that you study God's Word? What are some helpful tools? Maybe just even like, I know this could probably be a whole sermon series in itself, <laughs> but but what are some maybe kind of just quick, practical ways as you sit down with God's Word? How What have you found to be the most effective and impactful in your walk? I'd love to hear, Bob, how you study the Word. Well, when I started following the Lord, I was very fortunate to have a man who loved the Lord, and was very conservative in his theology. He believed that the Bible was the inspired Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. So as he began to teach me, 
I began with that presupposition that the Bible is God's word. Now, one of the things that he did that he felt was very important was to get me a good study Bible. Now, there are pluses and minuses to getting a good study Bible. Uh, Number one, it was a Schofield reference Bible, which had strong uh, dispensational theology. And that influenced me greatly. However, having started out with that uh, for several years, it became a stumbling block to me as God tried to expand my understanding of what he was doing in the earth because I had some roadblocks based upon studying a Schofield reference Bible. So I had to, I was faced with some tough choices uh, early on in the ministry. And not in the ministry, in my Christian walk, because uh, I had I had fixed views. And later, I got another kind of study Bible. It was called a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. And I loved it far more than I did my Schofield Reference Bible because it compared Scripture to Scripture. It didn't give men's thoughts and men's ideas uh, about theology. What it did, it, it would it would cross-reference scripture. So I let the Bible be its own uh, interpreter. And that was a far better way to study the Bible than by listening to uh, somebody who is very firm in their convictions, and yet maybe they're not accurate. Yeah, that's been my ride along with you, Bob. That's been um, what I've been doing the last few years. Uh, some call it biblical theology, but you just look at the entire Bible as a whole. I know that sounds, you know, wait, biblical theology is biblical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it almost sounds like it's the same, but <clears throat> meaning you take, it's one storyline. The Bible has one storyline and there are continuous, there's themes that kind of are woven into the storyline of the different books, starting the the Torah, the five, first five to the, the history books and the prophetic books and the Psalms and then up to the New Testament. So it really is one unified story. And for me, the best resource that, <clears throat> that I've had is uh, the Bible Project. That's why I show all of those videos because I really like the Bible Project. Yeah. Um, but I think it does do a good job um, at giving a preview. And what I have found is whenever I realized how big you know, God is and how beautiful his story is, that whets my appetite to wanna go deeper. And um, I do need to be careful because I can be a commentary guy and go into all of these commentaries. And so I totally agree that uh, reading the Bible is is the best way to study it. Yeah, I I agree with that at risk of sounding repetitive. uh, You know, it's important that we don't read read the word um, or approach the word in such a way as to prove something that we believe to be true. 
rather, we come to the Word to receive understanding and to receive wisdom. You know, you read the book, book of Proverbs, and it tells us the value of wisdom, and it's more precious than all these number of things that it lists in the book of Proverbs, and that, uh, you know, seek, seeking wisdom is, is important, and wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge married with understanding by the Holy Spirit of God, and that's what biblical wisdom is. And so for me, when I approach the Word, that's what I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to do what it tells us. And I was trying to look up the reference, but I can't remember the reference. That's why Bob's got us memorizing Scripture so we can <laughs> All right, Bob. so we can remember the reference. But, you know, how does a young man or how does a man keep his way pure? He hide the Word of God inside of your heart. And so, you know, big picture, that's how I practically approach um, the scriptures. I want to hide this in my heart. I want this to be when I speak. When I have a thought. When there's when there's when there's reason that comes out of my head of my mind. I want my thinking to be so permeated with the word of God that even if I'm not speaking a specific scripture, it's in line with what God says. You know, and of course, I'm not. I'm imperfect in that, and we all will all continue are, to yeah. be. But. That's how I approach the Word. You know, and practically, I agree with you, Bob. Having a great study tool that really works for you is that doesn't point to man but points to the Word, we can, we can really get in the weeds when we're looking for a, a certain... You know, there's all kinds of things that are worth studying, you know, and if you're interested in a certain venue, eschatology or, you know, you talked about dispensationalism or, you know, all these different things that we can talk about that are theological concepts. But And that's that's all fine and great to work those things out. But for our personal life and the way that we live and the way that we believe on who Jesus is and what God is teaching us, we have to approach the Word in such as a way to gain wisdom and gain understanding and inspiration by the Holy Spirit, not some concept about what God says, mm-hmm. but what God is actually saying to us individually as we read and meditate on the Word. That's my opinion. Have you guys ever just flipped open a bi- the Bible to hope and hope that God, you know, says something to you, you know, point a verse, you know, like a globe and you spin it and then you say, I'm going to live here. Yes. Am I the only one that's opened up the Bible hoping that God like speaks to you with that word? Okay, fine. I'm the only one. Yeah, no, you're not. I, I've done it. I've done it. Uh, and yeah, uh, not, not the best way to study the Bible, but maybe a good starting place, you know, yeah. <laughs> unless you fall in Leviticus. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I, the last time I did it, I fell in Deuteronomy, and it was a long time ago. I was actually in Scotland, and I remember what it said to me, and it was talking about the tribe of Benjamin, which happens to be my name, and I was like, oh. You know, I think I was 19 at the time, you know, and I was like, oh, Benjamin, great. And it said, do not give up. For in due time, you will receive the reward. Wow. And I was like, oh, well, that's good. I needed that. So wow. it actually worked. Come on. Yay. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I think a tool that I found helpful as well, just kind of maybe for someone who's not ready to take the step on a study Bible just yet, uh, I've really enjoyed reading the Amplified uh, translation in the Bible app. So it's kind of, it starts with A, so it's kind of up there at the top. Uh, AMP for short. They add a lot of the kind of short, concise study Bible notes in line with the text. So that's been super helpful to me as I come across a passage where I'm like, what? And so that way I can kind of like, you know, get a little, whether it's just even like a word or something just to kind of get a further definition. So I think that would be one I'd recommend for for those that are just starting to kind of think, okay, what does it look like for me to study God's word? Maybe for the first time in that aspect. Can I add a super nerdy little comment? I think it's important when we are choosing what uh, you know, how we study the word that we choose. This is super nerdy guys, nerd alert, right? But we choose 
a a translation of the Bible that's translated from the original manuscripts rather than mm-hmm. a translation of a translation. Yeah. Uh, when we're going into deep study, like the message, the Message Bible is a great tool in in the narrative that it tells, but it's not. It's it's a paraphrase. That's a paraphrase. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not a, a translation. Not a, yeah, that's just one example. Yeah, and so that that's an important thing for us. I think it's important to me because it does say something different when you have a translation that is from original manuscripts, and then you have one that's a translation of another translation or an update of another translation. Sometimes it can get in the weeds. So know. let's let's do this. I'd love to know what is everyone's favorite translation. I mean, really, Bob. What what do you what do you tend to what well, do you tend to read? I have several. Uh, for the, I, I believe the most accurate translation is the New American Standard Bible. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't flow naturally when you read it, and so I, I've gone back to the NIV. Um, I know that there it's continually changing, and it seems like the NIV project is. Uh, trying to make sure that everybody's politically correct in mm, it. Yeah. And yet, I, I don't have a problem uh, where it says men, they'll change it to people or mm-hmm. they, or, you know, it, it, does, it does do that, but it doesn't seem to affect the accuracy of of the message, the, of the message yeah. that it's saying, and and so I'm using uh, when I memorize scripture, I'm memorizing it with the NIV. Uh, I had tried it and I with the New American Standard, and I uh, I decided to go back to the NIV. Yeah, well, that's really good because those are the kind of two 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 ways of translating. Word for word, NASB is the best. And then thought for thought, NIV would maybe be more so in the middle, but a little bit more on the thought for thought. But um, I do enjoy reading the Amplified Classic Edition on oof, my Bible for sure. app because it will take out. a Greek word and it will give many of the major uh, interpretations of that word and the applications of that word. So I do enjoy that. I also enjoy the New Living Translation. I love to read that. Um, that's, so I, I realize that it's really the Holy Spirit that is guiding Amen. me into truth. Amen. So as I collectively read all of those, they're all very helpful. I, I agree with Bob. The New American Standard Bible is... is uh, I mean, I would just have to echo Bob almost verbatim. I mean, it's great for study and understanding, you know, what it is actually saying. But yeah, it doesn't flow. There's just random semicolons and run-ons and all hilarious stuff in there. Um, and I, you know, I like the NIV as a, as the other source as well. But I kind of like to stick to the old school. I don't read the NIV much on my app. You know, if I do, I read it in my NIV Study Bible over there. Um, that is is one of the versions from the seventies. So it's interesting to see the difference, uh, you know, because there is a difference. You know, like you said, switching out men for people, which, you know, effectively doesn't change anything because that's what men means. It means right. humankind is what it right. means, you know, exactly. in the context of, of what th- those folks were saying. They weren't as, they weren't as, uh, as uh, misogynistic as everybody would have us believe. And that's just the, the words, the terminology they use to mean everyone, you know. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I have to concur with that. Uh, and I do read the paraphrases and stuff, and I really enjoy the Amplified. I, I, I read the Amplified, like you said, Taylor, just because it extrapolates, you know, and when I'm, when I'm uh, planning to teach, I'll always hit up the Amplified version and just see what it's saying there because it might give me some synonyms or some, you know, different ideas. So well, I'm really excited. I have never read the Amplified version, so I'm going to... You know, why use, why use one word when you can use 14? That's you're kinda, telling me. That's the amplified. You're Bible. telling me. That's what I'm talking about, Taylor. What about you? I read the ESV, but I, uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate y'all's insight on this. And I think for those at home, it can be easy to get kind of confused by all these letters and everything. But I think remembering that it doesn't really matter what version you're reading if you're not reading at all. So I think it's it's one of those like <laughs> pick one and and run with it. So moving on to the number. To number three on this, as far as obeying God's word. Uh, I want to ask this first to Bob, and then everyone in the room can attribute to this. Um, but when it comes to obeying God's word, shocker that we're learning that in church, right? So we've heard that some of us maybe for our whole lives, or even depending on kind of the, the atmosphere or history we have with the church. But as someone who's wrestling with obeying God in general, we all have that on a daily basis. And I know what I need to be doing, but I, I just... I just don't want to do it or I can't, I can't do it. So what would you say to someone who's just struggling with the simple concept of obedience in their day-to-day life? Well, I think it goes back to the original statement we started with, and that is you have to set your heart to do it. Um, it's like memorizing scripture. Uh, if God has not put it in your heart to memorize scripture, uh, you it's going to be an almost impossible task to do that. Because what I have found, I, God put it in my heart early on to memorize Scripture, and I found it to be the most challenging thing that I've ever done as a Christian. It's very difficult to do it day after day after day, reviewing and reviewing and reviewing. And if it when I say it's difficult, the fruit of that labor is so incredibly uh, beneficial that I don't have a problem with it anymore. But in starting out is what I'm talking about, because I know many people tell me when they're starting out that they can't do it, that they can't memorize. And I'm not sure that it there's anybody that cannot do it unless they're mentally handicapped, but everybody that does want to do it has to set their face to their heart, their whole being to do it as a priority. Now, the commands, they follow because as you memorize scripture and you meditate on it, one of the greatest promises in the Bible is John 14, 21. And he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them, they are the ones who love me and they who love me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and reveal or show myself to them. So the manifestation of God's uh, presence in a fresh way is probably the greatest fruit I have discovered uh, from memorizing scripture. 
in obeying Christ's commands. That's so powerful. And I was also so proud. I knew that verse because that was in our memory verse, <laughs> memory, uh, scripture memory plan, living the new life on the verses app. So there's a plug for that. Now, I have to say that when it comes to obedience, this is the one thing that repelled me from from. Christianity was, you know, reading the Bible and seeing people that knew all this stuff. It was all head knowledge, but when it actually came to living it, there was such a dichotomy there. There was no consistency in those things. And I love that it's, it's both. It's, it's read the word, meditate on it, but allow it to actually transform your life. And it is a process. And I would Mm -hmm. say that if you have set your heart on following Jesus, you desire to to allow him to be your Lord Mm -hmm. and, and you believe that he has saved you from the consequence of your sin, that is going to compel you to do awesome works. And that's going to compel you to to change. There's no other way. You can't experience Jesus truly and and not change. Um, And as a church, I think we just all need to remind ourselves of of those things. So obedience, I think, is a response to Mm -hmm. God, not anything. I mean, we've said this over and over this this series, not, not anything that we can prove ourselves to God. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Um, I don't know what the fat of rams is like, but <laughs> I know that... Check the amplified version. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But for me, that's always uh, been something that struck me when I read that the first time um, as a young uh, teen reading the Word, is that to obey God is better than whatever we might deem as sacrifice. Obviously, Samuel was talking about something specific there when he spoke that, but whatever we deem in our lives as a sacrifice, maybe we think it's a huge sacrifice to, to, to cut out some time to actually read the Word, or maybe we think it's a huge sacrifice to you know do fill in the blank, whatever it is. Some people refer to uh, you know, a worship time as a sacrifice of praise. You know, We're taking this time where we're laying down a sacrifice of praise to God, all these different ways that we talk about sacrifice. But the reality that the scripture tells us is that the Lord values our obedience over sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so all of those things that we're deeming valuable, he says, actually, it's your obedience, meaning your heeding, which is a great word, to heed. And, And that's exactly what you were talking about, to take in and allow ourselves to be transformed, is is more is more intimate with God than the act of whatever it is that we think is spiritual. It's actually being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yeah. That's good. Hmm. And that brings up our fourth point from this verse in Ezra, just talking about the concept of teaching God's word. And I'm here on a podcast with three pastors. So of course that makes sense from y'all, but what about someone who's maybe just trying to read their Bible more than one day a week? And you know, to them, they'd be like, what me? Like I can't teach. So maybe starting with you, Bob, and then again, going around to all of y'all, what, what would you tell someone who's like, what does that mean? Me teaching God's word? Well, teaching God's Word is uh, sharing with other people what you have gleaned from it in your own personal study. Mm 
Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a deep theologian at all. You don't. Uh, what you need is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and then you share out of your observations and your experiences with him, uh, that is what you, what you can share with people. And uh, so faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God, and the word, as it becomes a part of us through meditation, uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be walking with the Lord a long time, just just taking what God is showing you and sharing it with other people. I'll never forget being in Greece and we were studying the Bible with someone that was just curious about Christianity and the Bible. He had his Greek Bible and we had our, I had my NLT version and we were reading it alongside of one another and he came to John 1. And he, you know, his mind was blown right then and there. And he said, you know, this word, um, that the word was God, the word was with God. It, it meant in Greek, like a hug, like within, and they were two in one. So it was, anyways, this beautiful picture. He was teaching me things that God was speaking through him. Now it was a different language and, and different translation, but that's what the word of God does. It reveals, uh, it's the Holy Spirit revealing himself to people individually. And so when we share with one another, that's why we have community groups. That's what, you know, we hope that this Conversations podcast does that. It, it, it brings about new, new and fresh perspectives as how the word of God comes, you know, in us and then through us. And that blesses the church, that edifies the church. So I think teaching is as easy as what you said, share with other people what you're gleaning from scripture. I agree. I mean, we teach, we teach with our words and our lives. And as we know from the scripture and revelation, we overcome uh, with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Boom. And as our testimony interacts with the truth of God and as the truth of God speaks to our lives yeah. and changes us, I mean, it can be something very, very small in our eyes, but we don't know how that's going to impact whoever it is that we come into contact with. And so as we share our experience with being transformed by the word, that's teaching. You know, now there's, you know, the officials stand up and teach somebody, but, but not everybody wants to do that, you know. And then there's several different types of teaching, you know, in that way. There's expository teaching and there's, you know, blah, 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 fill in all the blanks, you know, uh, verse by verse, whatever, what have you. You know, there's different types of teaching, but that's, that, that extends out into the lives of every believer, the royal priesthood, all of us, the priesthood of believers. And we teach with our lives, we teach with our words, we teach as with the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. So uh, that's it for this version of the Conversations podcast. Um, before we leave and move on, uh, does anybody have like a uh, one-liner? How about we start with uh, Jose? Give us, a, give us a little one-liner to wrap up. What do you think? Taylor, you got something to add? And then Bob, if you'll take us out with something super awesome that will change everything. Yeah, I really hope that these spiritual disciplines allow us to go deeper with God, and I'm looking forward to continue the conversation. Sweet. I would just say don't go at it alone. I think just being able to, whether it's finding a community group or a friend just to read the Bible with, I think that helps in a long way, especially just starting out. 
Well, I remember a bumper sticker that I read back in the 70s, and it said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. <laughs> and then I read later, I read another bumper sticker, and that's the one I've stuck with. God said it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.